Hello, I'm Neil Whelan and welcome to the Wesleyan Podcast. In today's show, Laura White talks to one of Wesleyan Financial Services Specialist Financial Advisors, Karen Watson-Brown. The conversation revolves around research we've done into the top financial concerns for female dentists in the UK and covers things such as how to maximise retirement savings, where it's best to save your money for different objectives, where you can get funding for professional development, and what you can do to financially support children or grandchildren. As is the norm, this podcast is for information purposes only and doesn't constitute financial advice. If you do think you need help with your finances, stay tuned until the end and I'll let you know how you can get in touch with us. And with that, I'll hand you over to Karen and first up, Laura. Hello, Karen. Welcome to our latest Wesleyan podcast. Uh, Today, we're looking at some of the research we've been conducting on the uh, financial priorities for female dentists in the next 12 months. So I thought it'd be good to talk about sort of like the, what the top five are and what can be done to support those priorities from a financial planning perspective. Uh, do you want to just give um, give yourself an introduction to so uh, people who are listening can get an understanding of how you can help? Yes, thank you, Lauren. Thank you for inviting me on today. Um, just for anybody who hasn't met me or heard of me, I'm Karen Watson-Brown. So I'm the dental specialist financial consultant with Wesleyan in the Northeast. Um, So I provide financial advice across all need areas. So that could be from the very start of your career, um, getting onto the housing market to the end of your career and planning your retirement. I'm here to help you make the best decisions and to ensure that any plans that you've got for your future um, are robust and are going to provide you with what you want them to do. So that's a little bit about me. Fantastic. So um, in terms of the survey then, the biggest priority for female dentists was ensuring that they were saving enough for retirement over the next sort of 12 months. Mm -hmm. So what would your advice be for those dentists and what can be done for the year ahead to maximise those retirement savings? Right, okay, yeah, thanks, Laura. Um, So first and foremost, start young. Uh, The the younger you start planning for your retirement, the more money you're going to have, obviously. Um, And I know it's not at the forefront of everybody's minds, because when you're in your 20s and your 30s, you think you're invincible and you're going to live forever. Um, However, when you you get into your 50s like me, there's a switch that flicks and you start thinking, right, I, I seriously need to understand where my retirement plans are going. I think the reason that there's such a high percentage, 47% are concerned and have this as a priority, is because of the change in landscape that we see at the moment. Um, Divorce rates are between 30 and 40 percent. And the highest rate of divorces are for ladies aged 40 to 45. Um, So that could be where all of your retirement plans have been done as a couple. And all of a sudden you find yourself left on your own with maybe insufficient funds to do what you want to do. So that's a concern for a lot of um, female dentists. And the other thing as well is that um, we tend to outlive our spouses. So ladies do tend to live longer than than men. Um, And that's very nice, but it can leave you with some financial headaches in being that you're now solely responsible for your own household expenditure and you're responsible for your own health care and that can put a massive financial burden on somebody when it's not shared between a couple when it's just yourself. Luckily for any dentists who work 
either employed or self-employed with the NHS, you have access to the NHS pension. So I would strongly urge anybody starting out to opt into that and um, because it is one of the best employer pensions around in the UK. The other thing to do as well is um, just to make sure that if there's any shortfalls, speak to your financial advisor um, about topping that up with a personal pension. So you can have both, it's not one or the other. Uh, you will also get your state pension, but that's not going to be until age 67 or 68. So you can put plans in place that will enable you to retire a little bit earlier than that, because I think that's one of the major concerns with female dentists who are coming into the industry now. Their retirement age is 68. And talking to dentists, they're saying, I don't want to be working at 68. My eyesight won't be as good. My dexterity won't be as good. Um, so I would like the option to go earlier. And that's where you need to plan. So if you want to go earlier, yes, absolutely. Have a word with your financial consultant at Wesleyan and they'll be able to help you um, do that planning. The um, One of the main things, like I said earlier, is to start early. Obviously, the earlier you start, the less you have to put into it. Um, but it is really important on the opposite end of the spectrum to have a chat with your consultant because you do have annual and lifetime allowance limits. So we need to make sure that whilst you're maximising your pension investments, you're not creating an unnecessary tax burden by exceeding those um, allowances. So the first port of call for any dentist is to log on to the NHS Tort Rewards website and download your Tort Rewards statement. You might not have heard this, it's one of the best kept secrets in dentistry and in the NHS, but basically that will pull together all of your information purely about your NHS pension. It's a great starting point for any advisor as well, because that helps us look at what your long-term potential is with your NHS pension. Are there any gaps that need to be filled because you may be doing an element of private work? Um, or do we need to look at it from another point of view in that you're gonna exceed your lifetime allowance and what can you do about that? Um, so there's quite a bit that we can help with um, and as I said it doesn't have to be one thing or another uh, just one thing for, sorry for for retirement it can be a number of different things so it could Fantastic. be pensions yeah it, it you know it could be pensions it could be ISAs it could be property um, but it's best to have a chat sooner rather than later absolutely so if we kind of move on to the next one then, so the, the sort of in, in second place, if you like, um, it was about it was around savings and investments. So savings seemed to be more popular, of course, that it was yeah. around 36% of uh, respondents kind of prioritised that and um, making sure that they were saving enough at the moment. So what did they need to be thinking about, about where's best to save their money? Mm -hmm. We're hearing a lot, obviously, about runaway inflation. So yeah. how will that be impacting dentists at the moment? Yeah, um, I think savings was more the popular choice because that's what a lot of people understand more. It, it, you know, you, you see it from your, your internet banking, what savings accounts are offered and regular savings and bonds and things like that. Um, and it might be just that some of these um, lady dentists just don't know enough about investments. Maybe don't understand how investments or the markets work sufficiently to be comfortable in making that decision. 
Um, what I would say is, yes, you, you're quite right, Laura, we, we're seeing inflation coming up to being an all-time high um, and interest rates just are not keeping up with inflation. So the buying power of your money that's sitting in a cash deposit account is going down um, every time inflation goes up. So I would recommend that you do have a chat with a consultant, a financial advisor, about what your options are for investments, because there's quite a different variety of investments out there. We're here at Wesleyan to make that simple for you. Um, and we're also here to help you prioritise what your savings and investments are for. So it's not about putting all your money into an investment. It's about looking at what are your short, medium and long term goals, because any investment, we always say it needs to be in for at least five years more to recoup any initial advice charges and to see a good, healthy return on their investment. Might happen before the five years, but as an industry standard, that's what we say. Um, so when it comes to cash deposits, you might need to keep a cash deposit because you might need to save for your tax money, which a lot of self-employed dentists have to do. Um, so it's having these different pots, so having your instant access money that you can pay your tax return with. Your short-term goals might be paying for your holiday next year or saving up for something like that. Your medium-term goals, they might be something like you plan to get married in five years' time. And that sort of thing you could actually use an investment for. Also, if you've got a family and you've got children, you might be looking at how do you save to support them? So do you want to pay for your children's education? Do you want to help them with this, um, the university fees? Do you want to help them get onto the housing ladder? Because the way the costs of um, properties have escalated, you know, a lot of younger people are struggling to get the deposit together. So that's where um, family members come in and can help. And that's where you would want an investment that is ideally going to grow or at least keep up with inflation so that the buying power of your money isn't depleted. Um, one thing I do mention to my clients, and some of them haven't actually thought of this, is maybe it's like when a child decides, yes, I'm going to go to university, all of a sudden thinking, all oh, right, I, I need to save, but I haven't got very long, or you know, they're going to go in the next year or so, so I can't do an investment. Really don't worry about that. You don't have to give them the money before they go to university. What you can do is you could let them take the student loans, let them stand on their own two feet, be accountable for their own finances. Um, so it gives them the independence. But what you can do is if their course is like four or five years long, there's nothing to stop you doing an investment. And then when they finished university, then giving them the money to pay the student loans off. So how nice would that be is if you've got a child or a grandchild who has finished university, is a little bit worried about the size of their student loan that they've now got. Um, and you can come along and say, well, actually, I've been investing on your behalf. And there you go. There's a nice little lump sum for you. Um, the other thing to think about as well is to make sure that you're making use of all allowances that are available to you. So that could be ISAs. So that could be a cash ISA or it could be a stocks and shares ISA. And at Wesleyan, we're more than happy to chat through the different investments with you and explain them in plain English so that you can make an informed decision. Um, the other thing to think about as well is if you're lucky enough to be under the age of 40, you can open up a lifetime ISA. And that can be either a cash 
deposit account or it could be an investment and you're restricted to up to four thousand a year that you can put into a lifetime isa however for every four thousand you put in you get a thousand pound bonus off the government so it's a 25 percent bonus up to a maximum of a thousand pound so if you're for example a newly qualified dentist who's just started working and you want to save either for your first home or for your retirement you can set up a lifetime isa and between say age 25 up to 50 which is the limit the government will pay you a maximum of a thousand pound every year so that's twenty five thousand pounds worth of free cash that you're going to get off the government to help with either buying your first home or planning for your retirement um so that is, it is really just being aware of what's out there um thinking about your timelines and um, because a lot of people what they tend to do is look at their immediate needs so saving for next year's holiday um, and then the long-term needs of their retirement and forget everything that happens in the middle so all of those life events that come along like buying your first house having your children children getting married children going to university you buying nice things for yourself you know a motorhome or, or a yacht or something like that um, and then once you've got an idea of what your plans are, that's where we can come in and we can help you, you know, ideally get something that is going to perform better than a, just a cash deposit account. OK, that's really interesting. So if we kind of move on to the next point, then um, what we also find was one one big area and it's a really good one, actually, is that a lot of female dentists are looking to kind of invest in their personal development. So. Mm -hmm. What can women in dentistry look out for to sort of fund this if they may be struggling a little bit to fund it themselves? Yeah, there's there's lots of options there. So you, you can get personal development loans from um, the, from banks and from finance companies. Um, it might be that you're buying equipment um, and you can get asset finance, which is kind of secured on the equipment that you've bought. And that helps with a slightly lower interest rate i would say one of the best things to do is to go to a broker because what a broker can do is they can look at the marketplace for you and they can put you in touch with either the cheapest provider or the provider for which you meet the lending criteria so if you're struggling with your own bank or um you're not maybe getting the support that you would like it's always worth having a chat with a broker um, there's lots of them out there there's lots of commercial brokers um, and the beauty about that is because you're investing in your personal development that cost can come off pre-tax because it's an expense that you've incurred to develop yourself and develop your career further you could ask your employer to invest in you there's more than one way to remunerate a member of staff so it doesn't have to be just a salary and i think this is what quite a few employers forget about and especially in today's marketplace where the vast majority of dentists are female there is a lack of dentists so really um the the, the associates themselves can pick and choose now which jobs they want so as an employer if you're trying to attract somebody or like a principal dentist trying to attract an associate rather than thinking well how much more money how much more per uda can i pay that person 
look at it from a different way and go, right, well, can I invest in their development? And do you put something in your contract where it says you'll pay for their um, whatever development it is um, as long as they stay with you for so long afterwards? It could be something like that. That's done quite often in the financial services industry. Um, your personal development could also be a massive jump from being a, an associate to being a business owner as well. Um, that's a huge learning curve for a lot of people, but equally just as exciting and, and challenging. And again, there's lots of lenders out there to support you and help you do that. We, um, as at Wesleyan, we actually use a broker firm now for that, for our purchases, for our asset finance, for our clients. It just gives us access to more people on the marketplace so that we can make sure that we're getting the best deals for our clients. So. If you're looking at your personal development and you think I can't quite afford that, first and foremost, I would say, have a chat with your boss. You know, ask your boss, is there something they can do to help you develop further? Because it's their business at the end of the day that's going to benefit from the additional services that you could provide. So, you know, if you want to go into orthodontics, um, it could be something like that where you're doing like implant training or something along those lines um, and they might be willing to help you they might be willing to help fund some of the equipment that you'll need as well there you go no i think that's those are some really good points especially with the sort of retention and recruitment crisis that we're seeing in dentistry at the moment i think there's quite a lot for them to consider isn't there yes absolutely so finally this is just to round off what the top five are from our research, we saw that um, supporting children and grandchildren was a priority for a quarter of female dentists. I know we've kind of touched on this a little bit anyway, but mm -hmm. what are the opportunities available to kind of support this objective? There's lots, Laura, um, and there's lots that can help clients from an inheritance tax point of view as well. So if we've got older clients that are looking to support their grandchildren and they might have an inheritance tax issue, you can support your grandchildren quite legitimately through your own um, income. So you could pay for school fees or things like that, um, which is out of your own expenses. So it's a bit of a double whammy where it helps the grandchild and obviously that your children, um, but it also helps reduce any inheritance tax liability that you might be concerned about. There's lots of savings plans that you can do. You can do children um, like children's ices. The only downside I would say to children's ices is that once they turn 18, that ISA then becomes theirs legally. So you might have saved for 18 years in that. Yes, it is restricted. It's not the full 20,000. But if you've got a child who's a little bit of a runaway, um, and you maybe don't want them to have the money at 18, I'm sorry, but you've got no choice but to hand it over if you do a child ice there. So that's just one thing to bear in mind. Hopefully they're all little angels and we don't have problems like that. <laughs> um, but there are lots of investments that you can save in for your children and for your grandchildren that can be held in trust. So they are specifically for them. Um, they're out of your estate. So what money builds up for them then doesn't create an inheritance tax problem for you. And also with them being written under trust and out of your estate, it means if anything were to happen to you, then the children will actually get their money quicker. Um, 
The other thing to think about as well is, which a lot of dentists don't realise, you've got your death in service. So with the NHS, your NHS pension goes directly to your spouse or your civil partner on death. You've got no choice about that. It can't go to anybody else. Once they've had it, then that's it. It stops. But what you have got is you've got death in service, which can be two times your salary. So if you're earning, say, 80,000 a year, that means that if you die while you work for the NHS, there's 160,000 tax-free cash will go to a beneficiary that you've nominated. That doesn't have to be your spouse. So if you think as a couple that you've got enough arrangements between the two of you that you are financially sound enough, you can actually bypass each other and you could nominate your children or even your grandchildren to receive your death in service. So that's another way of supporting them, but it's not actually going to cost you anything because it's part of your NHS pension package. So again, I would say, yes, there's cash savings accounts. The rates are terrible. Um, they're not keeping up with inflation. So I would definitely have a chat with a Wesleyan consultant in your area to see what they can recommend to make sure that you're using whatever allowances are available. So whether it's ISA allowances um, and that we're looking at investments that could potentially outstrip that inflation rate as well. And that's our show for this week. Thanks to Karen and Laura. If after listening to that, you think you do need some help with your finances from us, you can find us online at wesleyan.co.uk and across social media at Wesleyan on Twitter and on Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram. And if you've liked what you've heard, you can like and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible and Podbean. That's it for now. So until next time, thanks for listening.